Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. All right, here's where we're going this morning, and it's very important. I want you to get the gist. And it comes in the form of two questions to ready your heart. And here they are. Would you still follow the Lord if no one else noticed? And the second question is very similar. How much is your walk with the Lord dependent upon the watching eye of others? If we're not careful, we can have a spiritual life that is more for the eyes of others than actually a relationship with the Lord. And Jesus warns against this strongly. And that's what we're going to see this morning in Matthew 6, 1 through 18, if you want to go ahead and turn there. We are still in the Sermon on the Mount. And today we're going to talk about giving, praying, and fasting. Those are great things to do, right? Spiritual disciplines for sure. And those who are kingdom followers of Jesus will have a normal life of praying, giving, and fasting because our hearts want to draw closer to the Lord. We want to serve him. But if we're not careful, our motives will be skewed to look good for others. And the people who have the biggest problems with this are people like me, religious folk. In fact, that's who Jesus is attacking in the Sermon on the Mount and those who follow these religious leaders who want to put on a show with their spirituality. So if you're here this morning and you fall into the category of religious folk of a spiritual leader such as myself in some capacity that's official, or maybe you're a small group leader or a Bible study leader, a women's leader, a men's leader, you need to be examining your heart as well to make sure that it's a relationship with the Lord and it's not a show for other people. All right? So that's where we're going. Giving, praying, fasting. And Jesus starts with an introductory statement of where we're going. Look at verse 1 of chapter 6. Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. Jesus is warning against putting on a show of religion. He's not going to be against giving and praying and fasting but we are to do it to please God and not people. Now, this seems to be very interesting. You're kind of wondering, does this contradict what he said earlier? Because we're to be salt, we're to be light. In fact, the world is to see our good deeds. They're going to see them and give glory to our Father in heaven. Do you, do you remember that passage? It's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. It says, your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works 
and glorify your Father in heaven. We are to manifest these good works where others see it and give glory to the Father. But the religious leaders are going through the motions of good works so that others see them and give glory to them. And it all comes down to the heart. So let's jump into the first topic of giving. Verse 2. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets so that they may be honored by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. The temple and the synagogues at the time were used to facilitate the care of the poor. They would intake money and then they would distribute money to the poor. And nothing obviously is wrong with giving but it wasn't to be turned into a show. And here we have the metaphorical trumpet. It's like saying, uh, tooting your own horn. And those who do this are, according to Jesus, hypocrites, like actors on the stage playing the role for the approval of the audience. And that's all they get. They want it, the praise from men. They get the praise from men, but nothing from God. Verse 3. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving will be in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Followers of Jesus are to care for the poor and give in such a way that others are not seeing them to praise them. In fact, you are not even in a place where you can congratulate yourself. You want to give in such a way that even you're not saying, well, that was really good because you're not letting your left hand even know what your right hand is doing. You're even concealing somehow in your heart the giving from yourself. And it says very specifically, your father who is in secret will reward you. So what's the reward that God is giving to us, whether it's giving, praying, and fasting? Well, it's not specified here, but ultimately it can be talking about rewards when you're with him in heaven. It can be talking about blessings of walking with him on this earth. But ultimately, I think when we read the Bible, the reward is God himself. Whether it's in praying, giving, and fasting, our reward is God himself. We get God. But when we put on a show for others, we just get them. And that's nothing. So in our giving, we don't want to boast. Back in the day, when I say back in the day, I often mean your generation. (laughs) Back in the day, churches would have um, big donors, would have their name on rooms or wings or new buildings or whatever it is, right? They're giving you would know who gave because their names are on it. I just want you to know, because I know a lot of you are new here, we don't do that. We will gladly take your large donation. (laughs) But nobody's going to know about it, all right? You can fulfill the Bible. We'll keep you secret. Because we don't want to bring attention to you. It's not about the praise of men. But we also need to guard our hearts in small ways, like... For example, I know many of you support missionaries, and many of you even um, sponsor children, right? And you want to pray for the missionaries and your sponsored child, so you, you, you put them on your refrigerator to remind you to pray for them. 
But when you have guests over, sometimes your heart's like, hey, look what I'm doing. Look at these missionaries I'm supporting. Look at these sponsored children I'm supporting. See, you see how I can get so twisted? That's why Jesus is getting right at the heart because I can be given, you can be given, but we can be doing it for wrong motives. So check your motives. Our reward is God himself. So now we're gonna move into this idea of praying. And this really gets at the heart. Verse five. When you pray... You're not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. Perhaps this is referring to the two to three times a day of the morning, noon, and night set prayer. And maybe during this time, they're seeking a spot to be around other people so that they can be seen as pious Jews. And the issue is they seem to be dressing up their prayers to impress others. The goal is people and not God. Jesus says this, verse 6. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret, once again, will reward you. Followers, of Jesus are to pray in secret to their father. We pray to our invisible father. People are visible, but not God. And so we seek to be rewarded by our God who is in secret. This does not mean that we cannot pray corporately. We can get together like we did this morning and we can have corporate prayers. God is not against that. But keep in mind this. For those of you who pray corporately or in small groups or wherever you're at, you want to make sure that your private prayer life matches your public prayer life or you can be doing it just for attention. I mean, some people like to be known as, oh, there's a prayer warrior over there. Like, yeah, I'm that prayer warrior. Got to be careful where our hearts are going. We want to have a relationship with God. He is our reward. And look what it says in verse 7. And when you are praying... Do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. I don't think Jesus is slamming lengthy prayers. Jesus had lengthy prayers at times. This is the pagans babbling to their gods with repetitious phrases to get their attention. But God wants our hearts, not our mantras. All right, I know some of you may have grown up in churches where it's just, Bah, bah, bah. You're popping those prayers off quick, popping them off, repetition, repetition. It's, it's not about that. He wants your heart. And look what he says in verse 8. I love verse 8. So do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. You ever read that and thought, well, if God knows what I need before I ask him, then why, don't, why do I have to ask him? He already knows it, so why do I need to communicate it? And this is where I want you to get something about prayer. Prayer is not just about transferring information, but it's about a relationship with God. Do you get that? It's not about, oh, okay, I'm going to come to prayer, God. I'm just going to just upload this information to you, and then you can do it through you want you want. No, no. God knows these things. He wants to hear it from you. He wants to hear your heart. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to talk to him. 
That's what prayer is all about. Yesterday, my, my 10-year-old daughter, she went to a, a day retreat for fifth and sixth graders. And they were taught how to read the Bible and to pray. And I picked her up, and she was so pumped. She said, I'm so excited. I cannot wait to read the Bible and to pray. And I'm thinking, that's the childlike faith, right? Right there. She's not doing it for a show. She's not doing it to upload information. She's doing it out of relationship. And I think that's the childlike faith that Jesus wants us to have in our praying. We just want to be with God. I can't, can't wait. I can't wait to be with God. I just want to talk to him. I just want to get in his word. I just want to talk to him. I want to pray. I want to seek my father. And what he's about to do. <laughs> he's been talking against babbling and repetition. He's been going off. And now he's about to give us the Lord's prayer. And can you think of any other prayer that has been turned into babble and repetition, right? He's warning against it, and then he gives us a way to pray, and the way he gives us to pray is often something we've turned into babble and repetition, mindlessly play, praying it, right? So I think it's a good time for us. Okay, we're about to approach the Lord's Prayer. Let's pull back and say, what exactly are we praying when we pray the Lord's Prayer? What are we praying? Well, let's see. Look what Jesus says. He says, this is the way you should pray. Verse 9. Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. So he starts with the fixation and the intention away from self-focus and babbling prayers and attention-seeking prayers. And he's basically saying, Father, uh, our Father, the Father of Jesus, the Father of all believers, make your fame known. May we live my, our lives in such a way that glorifies you where all mortal flesh shall worship you. May our prayers be centered on God and his glory and his fame. This is a good way to start God-centered prayers. Father, I'm coming to you and it's all about you. May your fame be known throughout the earth. He continues, verse 10. Your kingdom come your will be done. And this is a prayer for his reign and his kingdom to come in its fullness all over the earth. Where we want to have our hearts that are submitting to this reign, we want the reality of what Jesus has taught to be manifested on this earth. Now what you will see, you start praying, okay, God, may your fame increase. May your kingdom come on this earth as it is in heaven. When you start to pray these prayers, you'll start to find that God is changing your hearts and switching your actions from self-focus to kingdom focus. And it will often be pretty radical. When I was um, in the embassy, U.S. embassy over in Ethiopia at one time, I was sitting next to this couple who were in their 50s, believers, in their 50s, like mid-50s. And they were adopting a two- to three-year-old uh, special needs boy. And I looked at them, and I'm like, your world is about to be rocked, turned upside down. And, it, and it's, as, it's as if they didn't care. 
they were, they were very simple people who are following Jesus and they know that God's will, his kingdom is to care for vulnerable kids and they're just throwing themselves out there and they're like, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As you start to pray these prayers, you'll find your heart start to move in that direction. He continues, verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Doesn't say give us this day our retirement 401ks. Give us long extensions, bank accounts that are going to protect us for the rest of our lives. No, he just says, give us this day our daily bread. Not weekly, not monthly, not yearly. It's as if like the Israelites when they received the manna that was just enough for the day. So we're to ask for the daily provision. And many believers throughout the earth, this is their reality every day. God, give us food today. We don't know where it's going to come tomorrow, but we need it today. And that's the prayer. Trusting the Lord for today. Verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. We're going to come back to that in a moment. Verse 13. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now this is good. I don't know if you know this, but there is great temptation everywhere, right? We know this. There's great temptations everywhere. And the prayer request here is to keep us away from venues of temptation. Like protect us and keep us from avenues of temptations. But when we are faced with these temptations, then deliver us from evil. It's like saying, God, will you just keep me from situations where I'm going to be tempted? But if I find myself in a situation where I'm being tempted, uh, give me a way out. And I want to tell you this right now. God will always provide a way out of your temptation. Don't ever say to yourself, I got stuck. There was no way out. I had to give in. Nope. There will always be a way out in whatever temptation you are facing. So God, keep me from those situations. But if I'm in them, deliver me from evil. Help me to take the way out. And then Jesus elaborates here, and this is important. Verse 14. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your heavenly Father will not forgive you your transgression. This is kind of an expansion to the Lord's Prayer. And I don't know if you've been paying attention the last few weeks, but Jesus is very serious about reconciliation. Remember a few weeks ago, we said, do not take communion if there is someone that you are not reconciled with as far as it depends upon you. And many of you, in a sense, left your gift at the altar. Remember that passage? And you went to be reconciled or you were supposed to. Did you? I'm bringing that up because I don't just want to preach sermons that we leave in the past and you kind of make some semi-commitment and then you don't do anything. Have you branched out to reconcile with that person? Because we're coming again today for another day of communion. And if you didn't take communion last time because you knew you had to do something with someone that you need to branch out and reconcile, ask for forgiveness or something like that, don't come in here today 
leaving that thing in the past. If you didn't do it then, don't go through the motions of worship this morning, right? Go. As far as it depends on you, seek to be reconciled. This is the heart of God. We want it to be our heart as well. So we just real fast went through the Lord's Prayer, and I think it'd be a good idea for just to stop uh, here in the sermon and pray the Lord's Prayer. You guys up for that? Let's do that right now. And I'm, I'm going to say the word, um, let's use the word trespasses. You understand what I'm talking about? If you don't, it's okay. So, and if you don't know the prayer, it's okay. You can just listen. So let's pray the Lord's Prayer together out loud. Ready? Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You can do that even at home. Think through what you're praying. Now let's move into the last one, fasting, all right? Fasting. Verse 16. Whenever you fast... Do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance so they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. Now Jesus is assuming his disciples are going to fast. And at times fasting will involve setting aside food to have these more intense prayer times. But I don't want to focus on the different reasons for fasting. We can talk about that another time. But let's talk about the motive for fasting. Are you fasting because you want to have your heart set up to know God more, right? Are you fasting for some specific reason? We want to make sure that our fasting is not to impress other people and make sure that our fasting is not to impress ourselves. Because to me, fasting is one of the most dangerous disciplines you can practice. Not dangerous because you're not eating food physically, but dangerous spiritually. Because when you're not eating, sometimes you can be pretty impressed with yourselves and even hope that other people notice. Jesus is like, don't do that. This is the way believers are to fast. Verse 17. But as for you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by people, but by your father who is in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The focus is on taking measures, whether it's anointing your head and washing your face, to cover up fasting. Because there's only one person that we want to see our fasting, and that is God. For God is our reward. Now put it all together. You have giving, praying and fasting to be done because you're in a relationship with your father and you want to know him. You want to have this ongoing, growing relationship where you are in his presence and he sees you and you know he sees you and that's enough. Because if you're not careful, it can turn into like a Dating relationship. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to use this dating relationship analogy, and just please forgive me. I could have gone either way, but I'm going to use it this way. I'm going to say, okay, let's say a girl, I could have said a guy, but let's just say a girl is dating a guy, 
and she wants everybody to know that she is dating this guy. Not that she actually, she doesn't even like the guy, but she wants people to know on Instagram, on all her social media feeds, and all of her personal reactions that she is in a dating relationship and it's going great and here's all the pictures of them together, but she doesn't really like the guy. It's almost like she's in love with love, not the guy, or she's in love with the attention that the dating relationship can bring about. That would be horrible if you were that guy to know that your girlfriend doesn't really care much about you, just the idea of the two of you together to impress other people. Now make the connection. Your father sent his son Jesus to reconcile you to himself. You were his enemy. He came, he died on the cross, buried, rose again. Now through faith in Christ, you can have this unbelievable, everlasting relationship with your father through faith. Why would you ever soil that and turn that into a show for other people? Your father loves you. And I want to tell you this. God wants to be with you. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to hear from him through his word. He wants you to do it in such a way where you want to be with him. Not to impress anybody else. Not to tell the world what you were reading or what you were doing. or any, Just to be with him. He just wants to be with you. And the reward should be him alone. So I got to pull back in it and I got to ask my heart some questions, right? So this is, this is kind of where I'm coming from, right? This is where I'm coming from. As we, we ask these, these two questions once again, and I'm going I'm to tell you something. Say, would you still follow the Lord if no one else noticed? And how much is your walk with the Lord dependent upon the watching eye of others, all right? So here, here's where I'm coming from. If I didn't preach anymore, if I didn't pastor anymore, if I wasn't the reverend, would I still walk with God? When I get older and it comes a day where I have to retire from, from the ministry, am I still going to care about the word and prayer if I can't get up and, and preach? In fact, if I wasn't leading my wife spiritually or my kids spiritually, will, will there come a day that I'll still just want to be with the Lord for even when I can't lead anybody? You kind of see what I'm getting at? Well, what is my relationship with the Lord dependent upon? Is it dependent upon the output I give? Or is it dependent upon the relationship I have with him alone? And so you got to ask you. If you strip away all the um, people around you and maybe even the cultural Christianity... Because you'll often see families, you'll see this all the time. And it's okay if you were this family, but you'll say something like, oh, we'll go to church for our kids because it's good for them. I'll pray with my kids because it's good for them, right? So if we stripped away your relationships, even now as an older adult, if your community wasn't there, if you didn't have someone uh, along with you to maybe say, hey, look at me, I'm being all spiritual, would you still be walking with the Lord, he is your reward. So when you pray, know that your father wants to be with you. When you give, give with your eyes on God alone. And when you practice the spiritual disciplines, it's not to impress people. You have a relationship with God. 
my brothers and sisters, may we truly believe in our hearts that our reward is God and God alone. Let's pray. Lord, I continue to ask you, as we talk to you and we do not see you, we ask that you would do a work within us that we would see that you are our reward. May we not give to show off. May we not give to impress others. May we not fast or memorize the Bible or do lengthy disciplines to impress others, but because we want to know you. And when we pray, even corporately, May we have our hearts and eyes set on you and you alone, for you are our reward. We want to be with you now, and we want to be with you forever. And we just ask as we come to this time of communion that our eyes would be on you. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.